ideas, opinions, and conclusions expressed in the upcoming program are those of the participants and program owners and not necessarily those of Las Vegas Broadcasters Incorporated or its employees, management, or owners. Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you are local, you will dial 702-650-5588. If you'd like to join in on a discussion today, again, you want to dial 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you to join in on our discussion, and that toll-free number would be 800-366-8883. I see again, outside the Las Vegas area, please dial 800-366-8883. If you are connected to the internet, guess what? We are being streamed live, audio and video from KKVV's website, which is www.kkvv.com. You can listen and you can watch. Additionally, we're being streamed live from our website as well, which is SaveTheLostLV.org. Always put the triple W in front of that. And if you've missed any of our previous broadcasts, please go to our website again, www.SaveTheLostLV.org. Select the date you'd like to listen to. The gospel is always free on our watch. All our broadcasts are free. In addition to that, if you have an Apple device, then we are being archived on iTunes. So again, the gospel is free on our watch. Just look for Save the Lost at All Costs under Christian Listening. Amen. Now, if you have a cell phone, you can listen to KKVV anytime that you like, and you can listen to it right now. It only works in the United States, so the cell phone number to dial to listen to KKVV anytime or listen to us right now would be 563-999-3194. Again, that phone number would be 563-999-3194. All right, let's get to it. Our topic for today is what is biblical hope? I say again, our topic for today is what is biblical hope? Because hope means certain things to certain people, but in the Bible, it's very clear what hope means. So we're going to go with the standard um, dictionary definition, and I hope that you guys are ready to write and to take notes because uh, on our particular program, we're going to give a lot of 
biblical scripture and we like you to take notes. And if you ever go back to the archives, I do indicate the scriptures that we used uh, on our discussion. So I do do some homework for you. Amen. In case you might have missed a few. Now, when we look in the regular definition, which you would find in any of your standard uh, dictionaries here, um, what you see here is that hope is like, I hope, you know, it doesn't rain today. Um, I hope I'm feeling better. I hope so. You know, it's just vague to tell you the truth. It's really, really no clear confidence behind the word. It's just like, well, you know, I hope so. I'm hoping. A lot of doubt. That's what I want you to get out of what you'll find in the dictionary. And um, it means basically to feel that something desired may happen. Can you believe that? The standard dictionary definition is to feel something desired may happen. Well, feel and may should have you very confused. Because we feel different ways at different times. And may, you might as well call that a maybe. That's not a guarantee. We have a caller, so we're going to take the call and we're going to get right back into the lesson. Hello, you're on Save the Loss at All Costs, and God bless you. Oh, God bless you. I uh, I have a question. I, I don't understand how uh, your last session was interpreted. Um, elect lady and her children... Uh, because uh, there was a caller that called about Mother Mary, and uh, I was raised a Catholic and a Protestant. I used the King James Version, uh, but I, uh, I think uh, many of the uh, many of the discoveries in the Middle East uh, are being covered up, as far as like like we were discussing the first century church. Uh, I believe Jesus, or Mary, excuse me, I believe Mary had other children after she gave birth to Yeshua, and he had brothers and sisters. And also, another question I have is, uh, in those days, Let me ask you you a question. Give me the biblical evidence from Genesis to Revelation. You have that to choose from, and give me the scripture that supports that. Well, well, a lot, I, I, I don't really have that with me. I don't really have that. I'm looking at Second Epistle of John. Well, I'm looking at uh, Third give, Epistle. Give me, give me a scripture that supports okay, what well, you just uh, said. Okay, well, you okay, but you okay, okay, you want to go there. Okay, uh, the, from the beginning it says, it says, uh, it says, uh, and this is, uh, John, second epistle of John, uh, uh, chapter one, number five. Okay. I now beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new, a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And then, and then verse six is, and this is love that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that ye have heard from the beginning. Now, now, when I hear the beginning, ye should walk in it. When I see this in John, 
if you recall, when Jesus knew he was going to be crucified, he gave he gave his his mother, uh, he gave John. He said, "John, you take care of my mother." John was the one taking care of Mary, the mother of, of Yeshua, as he was being crucified. Okay, let, let me and, say, let me say this to you: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have always existed. So the plan yes, for salvation. Let, let me finish. You uh-huh, said what you beginning. needed to say, so let me address that, please. Okay, so, again, well, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have always existed since the, yes, beginning. the beginning. So, let me, let me finish. You're just saying You're what welcome. I'm saying. Let me finish, else we're going to have to end the call. In addition, like if you're going to keep interrupting me, you're going to have to call me back on my phone and then we can talk. But we have a radio ministry that going forward, we have listeners who have set aside time to hear the lesson. I am trying to address your concern. I asked you one question. I asked you to support what you said by scripture. You haven't supported it. You went straight to... Hold on a minute. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. If you're going to keep interrupting me, man of God, we're going to have to continue this at a later date. Okay. Okay. We'll continue it some other time. All right, then. Then that's what we'll do. And God bless you. Goodbye. All right. So we're going to get back to what is biblical hope. Amen. So we just talked about the general dictionary definition. And we talked that it said feel and may in reference to you're looking for and hoping for in the world view of a desired result. Well, I can tell you right now that you don't have to hope in this sense for what God is doing because if God says it, It's going to happen. There has to be a confidence in knowing that not only is God true, but his word is true too. So that's the real difference between a worldview of hope, which is based on a feeling and a maybe and the confidence that you have in God's word and he's going to perfect it. So let's get into the scriptures to back it up. It's important that when we raise theological questions, when we look at God's doctrine, his teachings, they are always supported by scripture. The evidence is illuminating. It's revelatory. You're going to enjoy it. And I pray in the name of Jesus that it takes you out of the funk that you may find yourself in because you misinterpreted something, that your eyes will be open, that your back will get straighter, that your walk will be more purposeful, that you'll have more passion, you'll have more confidence. And that what you talk about, you hope for, is already done. In the name of Jesus, that is my prayer for you, my listeners, God's people. Amen. So let's get further into our study today. Now, we're going to look at Romans chapter 5 
And we're going to look at the first five verses. So again, we're going to go to Romans chapter 5. And we're going to look at the first five verses. And the reason why we have this is because you will see hope is mentioned back to back to back. But there's something about this hope as it's progressing. Amen. So I'm so excited about this. And I want to uh, give John W. Rittenbaugh uh, the credit here because he brought this to my attention. So I'm going to read this. I am coming out of the New King James Version. And then uh, we're going to get into what he has put together. Amen. So let's look at verses 1 through 5 in Romans 5. And again, I'm in the New King James Version. And the Word of God says this. Chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Three, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Four, and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Amen. Now you see, when we first get into verse 2, it says, again, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. There's the first hope. And now let's look for the second hope. Verse 3, and now, excuse me, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. In verse 4, here it is, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Look at that. Look at that that happens. Because we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And look what happens after perseverance. It says character and character hope. Amen. Now look at verse 5. Now hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Do you see that? Hope, hope, and hope. You got to be godly excited about that. Now, let's see what our friend Brother John says. Hope appears three times in these verses, and it is tied to justification and the doors that open to us. In verse 2, hope motivates us to rejoice that we can look forward in positive expectation of God's glory. What an awesome opening that is to us. It is not the glory of a perfect human or even of angels, but of God. This is so hard for us to imagine because almost sounds blasphemous. It is any wonder that Christians can be optimistic about life in the face of all the evil we are aware of. The goal is so great. 
that it is worth more than all the burden of being human, dealing with our sins and the repercussions of other sins. Our hope does not disappoint or bring us to shame because it is based in the reality of God and his promises. The common hopes of man may or may not come to pass because they are fragile and frail at best and in many cases utterly false. Yet the believer's hope is no fantasy because it is firmly anchored in the person and promises of the creator God. As mentioned earlier, the activities of God among us produce hope. This is drawn in part from verses 3 and 4 where Paul says that trials born while God is part of our lives produces perseverance, character, and hope. Because of this hope, a person is never embarrassed through failure because God, who is our hope, never fails. God loves us. And he communicates his love to us through his instruction, fellowship, and discipline. Through these, we come to know him and his faithfulness as our admiration for him grows. These things motivate us to purify ourselves to be like him. Amen. Now, he gives a a biblical reference here, and I'm going to go to the biblical reference. And it says for us to look at 1 John chapter 3 and look at verses 1 and 2. So let's do that. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. Again, I'm in the New King James Version, and the Word of God says this. Behold, what? that's going to be verse 1. Let me start over again. 1 John Chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the Word does not know us. The world does not know us. Let's start again. It says, Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. 2, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him, and he is. I'm even going to read verse 3. Verse 3, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Wow, isn't that wonderful? Hope is associated with expectation, real expectation, because it's based on our salvation. When we become into relationship with him, you get this. You have this passion. You have this desire. You have this wisdom that is revealed to you. It becomes ever present. Your hope grows in him. It's your trust in him. It's your trust in the kingdom. It's your trust in the promises. It's your trust that heaven truly is a place that exists. And that's where you're going. It doesn't matter what the world presents to you. It doesn't even matter what anybody presents to you. Because you know what you know that you know. You ought to get excited about that. 
His promises are real. He's not asking you to trust in something that's not real. He's not asking you to believe in something that's not real. What would faith be? There are a lot of people that equate faith with works. They're working, 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 working. And that's not how you get to the kingdom. There was no salvation available to Abraham. As we know it. His faith justified him. He followed God. He prayed to God. He believed in God. He fellowshiped with God. He was disciplined. Yes, he was human too. We were born in a sinful nature. But when we have faith and we believe and we accept who God really is in our lives, we will have the hope against all hope. Talked about perseverance. That when we persevere, it builds character. And through character comes hope. You ought to get excited about that. The process that is taking on. That we are becoming new. And old things have passed away. Think about what hope really is from a biblical standpoint. It's trust. It's expectation. Do you think the apostles did not have that? How could they go boldly before kings and princes and go boldly before their own brothers and speak about Christ, the risen Christ, and what he offered and that they had a knowledge of him? So pure was their love and their knowledge for him that death meant nothing other than that they were going to be with them. They knew what their final destination was going to be. And they wanted people to get it. They wanted people to taste that freedom. They wanted people to taste that excellence. You may or may not get a retirement. And even if you do, it's subject to those that manage the pension fund. And if they mismanage the pension fund, or if they mismanage the state budget, then what happens? They go to those that they believe are the greatest expense. And more than likely, those are the pensioners. Those are those that have done the work already. The retirees, if you will. And they want them to take a cut. Christ is not asking you to take a cut. He did it for you. See, the soul that sins must die. He stood in for you. He died for you so that you can have this hope against all hope, this confidence, this blessed assurance, if you will, this trust, this divine trust 
That when you read his word, you believe it. Not only do you believe it, you're strengthened by it. You can strengthen others by it. You walk in it. You bathe in it. You're soothed by it. You're assured by it. You're riveted by it. You're so much more by it. Now, let's talk about the things that you shouldn't put your hope in. Because, let's face it, the world wants us to put hope in a lot of things. Well, let's see what the Word of God tells us. And that is the standard. That is the true standard. So let's look and see what it says about that. So I am going to go to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12. Now this warning in reference to the scriptures, it only applies to believers. So let's qualify that. Amen. Because you have to have ears so that you can hear. So if you're not walking with God, you don't believe in the word of God. You do not believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's deity. You don't believe in the death, burial, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It means nothing to you. But if you're a believer, this ought to mean everything to you. Amen. So let's go and let's look and see what the word of God has for us. Again, this is warning against those things that you shouldn't put your hope in. Because see, with hope comes trust. They go together. Amen. You can't have hope without trust in a biblical sense. So let's look. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2. And we are going to look at verse 12. And the word of God says this, verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Let's look at verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you once went far off. Have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So. There was a time. When we all were without Christ. We might as well have been aliens. It says from the commonwealth of Israel. And strangers from the covenants of promise. Having no hope without God in the world. He's describing separation. Total separation from God. You do not have his promises and you do not have his covenants. And see, God will perform his covenants whether we perform them or not with him. He's obligated by his word. God submits to his own word. He's obligated because his word is truth. Why would he be against truth? And it says promises. God is a promise keeper. He's a covenant keeper. But when you're 
not with him? You're an alien. You're out there in among the world. Without his protection. Without his covenants. Without his promises. Devoid of his word. The kingdom is not available to you because it's your choice. God doesn't keep us from him. We keep him from us. Catch that in your spirit. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13. That's going to be the next one we're going to go to. Again, we're going to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13. And let's see what the word of God says. Verse 13, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest lest you sorrow and others who have no hope. I'm going to read verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. See, there's a distinction. It says, but he didn't want us to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. See, those who have fallen asleep in Christ, it says, even so when God bring with him those who sleep in Jesus, those who are believers who have fallen asleep, who have died, they will come back with him. He will raise them up again. And he doesn't want them to be ignorant. He's given them great comfort. But for those who do not have a relationship, for those who are not in Christ, there's sorrow in this life and definitely the next. And they have no hope. Remember we talked about the dictionary's version, the world version of hope. It was based on a feeling. On a desire that may happen. This is not the case here. When you're in Christ. You don't have to worry about that. It is going to happen. Those of us who have gone. We will come back again. With Christ. For those of us who have a relationship. But for those who don't. Oh, woe unto you. It's going to be terrible. Very, very terrible. We're talking about biblical hope. Expectation that's real. Trust that is real. The hope that is based on the word of God. Doesn't require feeling. 
or maybe. It is. It doesn't get better than that. You ought to stand on that. We have a caller. Hello. Thank you for waiting. You're on Save the Lost at All Costs, and God bless you. God bless you, Minister Nina. Hey, Pastor Terry. How are you, man of God? I'm still breathing. Amen. I'm breathing with you. You know, I wanted to share something with the listeners. Yes, sir. I visited uh, a church this morning where a friend of mine was preaching the pastor's anniversary. And he thought that I should meet this pastor because we had some things in common. They really believe in teaching the Word of God and teaching the people the languages, you know, and really teaching them biblical theology. Amen. And I was listening to the caller that you had that really just wanted to talk. Amen. You know, and I run into that a lot, and I have in the 13-plus years I've been here in Vegas. The Bible study I do on Wednesday night, I had some people when I started out that wanted to give their opinion, and they wanted to be heard. But they weren't really applying what they had to say with Scripture. You know, opinions, it won't count on Judgment Day. It's either you are a member of the body of Christ, Jesus Christ is your Lord, Master, and Savior, or he's not. And if he is, then you have to adhere to Scripture. And Scripture tells us to study, to show ourselves to prove not unto people, but unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly, see, that's the key, rightly dividing the word of uh, truth. And uh, that's Second Timothy 2.15 for those who are listening. And it's just sad how little teaching really goes forth in this city with all these churches we have. There's a lot of entertainment theatrical presentations. God didn't call me to make people happy. God called me to make disciples. Amen. And that's not happening. And that's the reason why we get the, the type of feedback that you were getting from that caller. And this is not to shoot them down or put them down, but this is a wake-up call, especially for folks that are listening, and they go to a church where everybody wants to get happy, but nobody's really getting saved. Because that's what it's going to be when the rubber meets the road. When Jesus breaks the clouds and come down, it's going to be about you knowing that you're in relationship with him. And that happens by way of the word of God. Just want to share that, tell you to keep up the good work, always relevant topics, great topics, and keep it going, Sister Nina. Because there's a lot of people out there who need to hear the message you're bringing forth. I'm praying for you. God bless you. God bless you more. Thank you, Pastor. And you know I love you, right? Amen. I appreciate that. Thank you, Pastor Terry. So we're talking today, what is biblical hope? Amen. So we have one more to go. And uh, what? The scriptures are warning us about in reference to hope. 
So we're going to go to 1 Timothy. We're going to go to chapter 6. And we're going to look at verse 17. Again, we're going to 1 Timothy chapter 6. And we're going to verse 17. And the word of God says this. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Verse 18. Let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. Verse 19. Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold of eternal life. Wow. It says, those who are rich in this present age do not be haughty, to not be proud of your riches, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Trust in the living God, not in your riches or even uncertain riches. Whatever you find yourself richly in, it doesn't compare to the living God because he is the one that is the blesser. And there's going to be a day of reckoning for all of us. It says lay hold basically to him. Because that's what you should be laying your foundation on. So when it comes, and he's coming, no doubt, you will have prepared the right foundation that's not built on worldly things, but built on him, the eternal thing. And eternity is a mighty long time. We have a caller. We're going to take the call. Hello, you're on Save the Lost at All Costs, and God bless you. God bless you, Minister Nina. Thank you. How are you, uh, woman of God? I'm, I'm doing really well. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, I agree with your pastor 100%, and uh, you know that I always agree with you because you both sound and teach the same. But um, what he's saying is, is correct, and I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, I, I see it the same way he does, because I remember when I was very young, like a child, we didn't have much, we, and we got by. We got by, I'm an old senior citizen woman, and I don't have nothing wrong with me, and I didn't have what I had, what I have now, and and it was because... God provided just like he's doing now, but at that time, there was no greed in this world. There was no, you know, serving God only if he gives you something. There was none of that. None of that. I mean, all these churches that he's talking about, that's what they're believing in. They're believing, you know, we'll serve God because he's faithful and and he's giving us all these things that we have. And he's going to give us more and we pray for more and more and more and more. And that's how this world is. It's very worldly. It's 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 ugly. Mm. It, I don't know what else 
to say except that, you know, my prayer is, God, take it away from us. Take it away. We don't need it. Take it all, please, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. All right. Thank you, ma'am. We appreciate that. God bless you. I love you. I love you, too. Okay, bye-bye. Well, you know, Sister Yolanda made a very, very powerful statement. For some of us, it's best that you take it all away because it's it's turning us from God. It's not bringing us closer to God. And we have to ask ourselves, you know, can we take this with us? You know, we are going to die. Everybody is going to die. And, uh, you know, I just went to uh, a home going uh, Monday and uh, I saw the casket being lowered. And the only thing that was able to fit in there was the casket. So nothing else could fit into that plot but the casket. There was no house coming. There was no car coming. There was, you know, no big ostentatious furnishings. There were no clothes. There were no shoes. There were no pictures. There were no anything that was tangible. That you could put your hands on. Nope. Didn't go down in there. Eternity is real. God is real. And what possibly could you bring from this life that would equate with heaven? Where eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. What possibly could you bring that that is beyond the clouds? How would you get it there? You're going to call FedEx, UPS? You're going to buy first class on United? It doesn't go that far. And it can't get you to heaven. It's just stuff at the end of the day. The scriptures instruct us to store your treasure in heaven where it doesn't tarnish, where a man can't come in and steal it. You have to ask yourself, what am I working for? What am I killing myself for? To just die and somebody step over you and get everything that you call yourself working for. And they never lifted a finger, but they got it all. Yep. That's what they're supposed to do. Tells us about that in Ecclesiastes. Their job is just to work and to gather and to gather and to gather. And it'll go to those that are supposed to have it. God will distribute it. The enemy is always working hard for us. Whether we believe it or not. God's got a plan. Ask the Assyrians. Ask the Babylonians. They might have taken God's people into captivity. But that was God orchestrating the the lesson. He was the master in the class. He had no use for them after that. 
once the people's hearts changed, once the people woke up, once they realized who God was and who God always was and who God always was going to be and that his word was true. The enemies were destroyed. Do you have something that's hindering you? Do you know what biblical hope is now? It's trust. It's real expectation. It's confidence. It's boldness. You're able to walk in it. You're able to stand in it. No matter what the trial and the tribulation is. No matter what the news is. No matter how someone may feel. It has nothing to do with circumstance. Eternity is not circumstantial. It's intentional. Because where God is, it's intentional. Amen. Rise up. Men and women of God. And understand that you got a hope today that's based on Christ, your relationship, your salvation. None of us here had to be crucified. You ought to get excited about that, if nothing else. None of us had to be buried and to rise up. But God did that because that was the plan. It was his power. But you have an opportunity to tap into the power with fellowship, with discipleship, with obedience, with faith, with love, with a burning passion and desire to see your creator, to see the one who died for you, to see the king of kings, the Lord of lords, to see the Holy Spirit manifested in its glory. You got an opportunity, but you got to act like it. And you can't act like it if you don't believe it. Believing is your choice. Now, see, I've dedicated my life to serving the Lord. My life before it does not matter. It has no relevance. In a season called now, I am a servant of the most high God. The Lord and Jesus Christ, my Savior, is the head of my life. The Holy Spirit resides in me. I've never been more exhilarated. I've never been more alive. I've never wanted something more. I've never needed something more. But to see my Lord's face. As Moses said to God, I beseech thee, O Lord, show me your face. And he says, no man has seen your face and live. He said, but I got to see it. What do you have to do? What is it that you want from the Lord? You should want the truth. The unadulterated truth. The one that Jesus went to the cross for. Because he says, I am the truth. Who can make a statement other than God himself like that? We have this opportunity. There are many idols out there. There are many people who are talking a good game. 
There's a lot of hypocrites. There's a lot of charlatans. There are a lot of false prophets. This is the age. This is the season. They're going to keep coming. But they have no defense against the word of God. Tell them to take you to the scripture. Tell them to make the case. And guess what? The Lord Jesus Christ is listening. Why they're making the case. The heavens will bear witness to it. Don't you know that everything you do and you don't do is being recorded? You think you can stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and say you didn't say it in this realm? Well, he heard it. The heavens bear witness to it. Them that lie. Do you think God does not know that they're lying? Don't get distracted. Be about your business. Be at your post. Have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to worry about serpents. You don't have to take commands from devils and demons and imps. Are you kidding me right now? They have no power. They have no place. They won't be in the kingdom. You need not worry. There's no place for them there. Be concerned about what God has given you. He's given you gifts. He's given you talents. They're not just for you. They're for the building of the kingdom. Tap into the power source. Because God has all power, not some power. Pray to the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask him to show you what hope really is. I just barely touched the surface today. But you have to have a confidence in his word. That is manifested. That it's real. That it's intentional. And this is his. This is his kingdom. And he's coming back for those who believe. Who are operating in that belief. Don't just talk about it. You got to be about it. Be intentional in your love for God. Be intentional in your fellowship. Be intentional in your discipleship. Be intentional in wanting and thirsting for Christ. He's willing to fulfill that passion, that hunger, that thirst. As he told the woman at the well, you drink this living water, you will thirst no more. The world cannot quench that thirst. They can't even touch that thirst. What they offer you is not pure. It's not real. It's not eternal. Why do you want something that has limits when you can be with that that is unlimited? Are you supposed to put your faith in Men, chariots, and horses? I've never met a horse that didn't die. I never met a chariot that didn't break down. I never met a man who was just human and without fault. Oh, but when you're in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then that's 
that's different. Because old things pass away. And everything is new. God will show you who you really are. In him and in your life. See, biblical hope has to do with expectation, real expectation, real trust. And it's built on that that is true. Solely the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of heaven. That's what biblical truth is. It has a foundation and the foundation is that that is him who offered us salvation. And by grace alone, there was nothing that we could do. We didn't deserve it. But he offered it. Because he loved us. He created us. His name is on us. There's none like us. There's no animal. No bird. No plant. No ocean, no mountain that is like us. We were created in God's image. Listen to that. We were created in God's image. You ought to get excited about that. The kingdom is waiting for you. Have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I encourage you. And for those who have strayed away, come back. He's waiting for you. He's done the hard part. Biblical hope. Simply Him. We love you. We appreciate you listening today. And as we say here, save the lost at all costs. God bless. It is our humble prayer that the most high God of all creation and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas' very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvb.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 
833-5852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.